welcome to Misunderstood, a podcast dedicated to better understanding MS and learning to live well with MS. I'm your host, Katie Sloan. Our usual reminders as we begin. First, I am not an expert. I'm just a person like you living with MS and trying to make the best of it. Misunderstood is based on my personal experience, what I've learned from my doctors, other care providers, and my own solutions-oriented research and pattern-finding obsession. While the majority of the information I share has been vetted by doctors, I am not a doctor. My intention is that you use the information shared here as a springboard for discussion between you and your doctor regarding your future care options. And lastly, MS impacts each of us uniquely. I hope to shine a light on a wide range of approaches and strategies for living better with MS, but what you choose to do with that information is always your choice, and what works for one may not work for all. Last episode, we focused on the critical foundational skill of reducing overwhelm, the power of saying no, and learning to save our sacred yes for the things, people, and ideas that matter most to us. We explored ways to develop stronger boundaries around what we say no and yes to, since that's such a big part of reducing excess around us and within us. And really, the most effective strategy in reducing excess, whatever it may be, excess clutter, excess responsibilities, excess people, When we let in too much, the result is overwhelm. So, what to do about it? Overwhelm is defined by various sources as to bury or drown beneath a huge mass, to submerge and cover completely beneath a mass of something. Have you ever felt this way? I certainly have. Feeling overwhelmed is common, and even more so amongst chronically ill populations, like those of us living with MS. Why? Well, for each of us, it's a little different, but most experts agree that it's a combination of chronic stress, which makes sense since we live with a challenging and unpredictable chronic illness, the need to establish stronger boundaries in our lives, both with others and internally with ourselves, and sensory overload which is when we receive more input from our senses than we can handle. The most common reasons people cite for being overwhelmed are simply having too much to do and not enough time to do it. The misconception that everyone else can handle doing all of it, so I should be able to as well. We're struggling with our finances, which is compounding our stress to unhealthy levels. It could also be social media, which makes everyone else's lives look great, even though we know we're only seeing the highlights and what they are choosing to share. It could also be excessive access to triggering news, which we've certainly had a lot of the past few years. FOMO, fear of missing out. The internet in general as a huge time, energy, and financial sinkhole. It could also be we're not focusing enough on taking care of ourselves by eating nutritious, energy-producing foods, moving our bodies enough to generate further energy, and being aware of toxins and how they impact our bodies, which is something we'll explore with Dr. Susan Peyrovi in an upcoming episode. And the most common reason people cited as their reason for being overwhelmed, we literally have too much stuff 
and are bursting at the seams. Our environment and how we engage in and with it plays a huge role on our mental, emotional, and even physical state. When we have too much around us, our minds, hearts, and bodies are impacted by the chaos. Clutter drains our positive energy. It can even cause or worsen our depression and anxiety, which already run rampant amongst the MS population. Too much can literally bury us alive and stifle our ability to truly live well with MS. In fact, Peter Walsh, author of It's All Too Much, Live a Richer Life with Less Stuff, says, quote, It's easy to accumulate things, but hard to let go. Trust me, if you always add and never subtract, you will eventually bury yourself. My gratitude for this episode is directly linked to today's topic. I have a dear lifelong friend, Lindsay Para, that I met when I was six years old, who is now the founder and CEO of the Modern Mystics Society. If you visit their website or their group on Facebook, you'll learn all about Lindsay. There, she shares openly about her own lengthy journey to living well with Lyme disease. After decades of struggling to maintain her livelihood as a businesswoman, she learned what many of us have learned or are still learning. Healing chronic illness is often not just about taking medications or treating symptoms, but rather, and she says it best here, quote, an inward journey to seeing myself in a new whole way, body, mind, spirit, passion, gratitude, etc., I also love what she says next, quote, I was determined not to spend another dollar on being sick. Instead, I would only invest in wellness. Fast forward, Lindsay published a beautiful book last year called The Mystic's Path, A Guide and Companion on Your Journey by Lindsay Para. This book is all about connection and transformation. It's full of elegantly simple yet profoundly powerful tools, processes, and personal routines to get us where we want to be. I attend her monthly business alchemy meetings where she expertly weaves together new paradigm business strategy tools, wellness, and the intuitive arts. Every time I attend any session with Lindsay, I am left feeling more focused, fulfilled, and aligned with all that I am and am meant to be. In much of her work, and certainly in her book, a common theme that arises is intentional living in alignment. I notice that I feel most overwhelmed when I am not living in alignment with what I really want and need. Rather, I'm allowing myself to get overwhelmed by not focusing on what's most important, and literally, What was the definition of overwhelm again? Oh yeah, I get buried or feeling like I'm drowning beneath a huge mass. The focus for this episode is the second skill, after learning to say no so that we can honor our yes, that I believe the research speaks to as a means to free ourselves from overwhelm. Lindsay calls it clearing, so I will honor her by doing so too. In her book, Lindsay talks about clearing as a necessary way to practice, and I love her phrase here, energetic hygiene. 
As I was reading her book and thinking about clearing and how the need for it is manifested in my own life, I realized that many of the skills utilized to create stronger boundaries overlap significantly with our mental health and being literally overwhelmed by just too much stuff. And by stuff, I mean clutter. Clutter is defined as the mass accumulation of stuff. In turn, stuff is defined as a collection of things, events, or ideas. We'll get to the things in a moment, but so we're not remiss, let's first look briefly at events and ideas. To solve feelings of overwhelm around events, we can use the strategies learned in the previous episode to establish more solid boundaries around our no and our yes. Experts believe that once we can consistently exercise our no and yes muscles regularly and in alignment with what we truly value, overwhelm caused by overscheduling becomes manageable very quickly in a matter of a few short weeks. But what about ideas that overwhelm us? Learning to quiet the mind through practicing mindfulness is definitely a skill that can be learned. And quite frankly, Lindsay's book expertly helps with that through simple yet highly effective tools and strategies. If you're interested in purchasing her book so you can learn from her too, you can do so at www.mysticssociety.com. You can also consider taking the Center of Mind-Body Medicine course with me in March. I'll share a brief reminder about that at the end of this episode. For the remainder of today's episode, we're actually going to narrow our focus and talk about overwhelm from physical stuff and how to finally clear once and for all. Before we get into how best to clear the physical stuff, I want to first share something that I believe is even more beautiful than the outcome of reducing or eliminating the feeling of overwhelm. It's important to share this now because it helps us maintain our focus through the clearing process and keep our eye on the real prize to incentivize ourselves. Beyond reducing or preventing overwhelm, clearing serves another glorious purpose. It opens up space, quite literally, for more of what we crave, what we really want, but didn't have time or capacity for when we were buried or drowning in our state of overwhelm. So, as we continue to look at the process of clearing today, keep in mind all of those things, people, events, ideas, feelings, etc. that are really important to each of us that we don't currently have enough capacity for but want to. That right there should fuel your fire. It certainly fuels mine. Today we're going to look at a variety of simple ways to reduce clutter quickly, most of which are actually kind of fun. Before we can really begin to physically embark on our clearing journey, it's important that we each come up with our own rules, guidelines, and strategies to help us, guide us on our clearing journey. If we don't have these in place, we'll find the process of what to keep and what to get rid of too difficult and likely overwhelming. I'll share some popular rules, guidelines, and strategies here to get us all thinking about which ones might work best for each of us. Just start. 
This is easy for some folks, and once they get started, they just keep going. They find that once they begin, the task seems much less intimidating than they thought it would be. For others, starting small and being realistic is the way to go. For most of us, it took years to accumulate everything we have. Acknowledging that it might take us a while to release everything we've accumulated can release some pressure. Even spending 10 minutes once a week adds up over time. A similar strategy is to pick a room every day for a week. Find three things to clear. A related strategy to slowly clear over time is to create baskets in the garage labeled Donate and Sell. When we come across an item to donate or sell, we immediately put it into the correct basket. Make a list if we are task-oriented. By writing down our clearing goals, it's satisfying when we check them off. It's also a great way to see our progress. When we use this strategy, breaking each task into smaller chunks helps us see our progress sooner. So for instance, rather than putting kitchen, Break it down into fridge, pantry, island, upper cabinets, counter, appliances, whatever defines your space. We can even write micro goals within each of the previously mentioned goal categories. Anything that helps. Another strategy, many of us are motivated by before and after photos. Even taking pictures periodically throughout the process is a great way for us to see our incremental progress over time, since it's sometimes hard to notice the difference we're making midway through. We can also start with the easy stuff, the trash. It's time to clear anything that is broken and can't be fixed, things that we don't like, or things that have expiration dates. Another way to start small is to literally pick a small place first, like a pantry, laundry room, bathroom, or a small coat closet. These spaces typically don't have our most precious or sentimental possessions, so it's easier to clear if we're someone that's easily swayed by sentiment. Experiencing success in a small, low-lift space where decision-making can be more rational can help inspire us further when we tackle more emotionally complex areas of the home later. For many people, using the simple rule of getting rid of everything we haven't used in the past year is a helpful rule. It's great if we can think of clearing as an ongoing habit and make sure clearing is part of our other routines we have for other tasks and chores. So, for example, when we're clearing off a counter, we can make decisions on what stays or goes. We can also do this when we're picking out what to wear each day. If we choose not to wear something, why did we make that choice? Will we truly make a different choice for that item on another day? When we're moving from one room to another, is there something we can take with us as we do to put it back where it belongs? Or secondly, is it something that just needs to be cleared from where it was or cleared altogether? When we add clearing to what we're already doing, it takes less time and effort. A popular strategy that's been in the news a lot the past few years is Marie Kondo's method where we ask each item, does this spark joy? To which the answer determines if it stays or not. Marie Kondo also suggests never discard anything without saying thank you and goodbye. And she believes there are two reasons we can't let go. 
an attachment to the past, or a fear for the future. Definitely worth pondering that statement. Another popular rule and a great way to clear slowly is to turn all of your hangers facing the wrong way. Once you use the item, you turn the hanger around. At the end of whatever time period you choose, the items on hangers still turned backwards are cleared. We can also try the empty box method. Every time a box arrives in the mail, we can challenge ourselves to use it to clear just one box worth of items. Did you know you can get free mailing labels from Amazon for donations? All they ask is for us to include at least one item that is currently seasonally appropriate. For more information, visit www.givebackbox.com Amazon. Or if you have other places you prefer to donate, the boxes make loading up donations in the car much easier. Another suggestion is to declutter in 15-minute chunks. Pick one drawer or a countertop or a particular item like shoes or scarves. Yep, just one. And start there. First, try just one a week, then see if you can increase over time. What usually happens for most of us is that we feel so good every time we clear something that it further fuels our fire to do more and more. Similarly, we could set a timer, even if it's only for five minutes. This is a great way to motivate ourselves to take some action toward our goal, but in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming. Racing the clock to see how many items we can clear in a short time frame can be fun, especially when we know it's only for a short period of time. The next time we can try to beat our score. And when the timer goes off, it's time to rest or resume with our day. This is also a fun one to do with other family members. Let's not forget that a helpful strategy is also to set an internal boundary with ourselves and stop bringing more stuff in. If we stop or at least slow down the rate at which our clutter multiplies, we'll prevent ourselves from feeling even worse in the future. This preventative approach, when paired with clearing strategies, can add up pretty darn quick. If while we're clearing, we continue to bring more stuff in, it's like trying to drive with our foot on the brake. It works against our efforts to reduce and prevent overwhelm. Sometimes putting ourselves in a spending freeze mode, avoiding commercials and social media advertising, unsubscribing from store emails, all can help us meet our clearing goals. Even if we just start with choosing one a day, a week where we don't buy anything, or choose one day a week when we do buy things, or limit ourselves to one item we buy for ourselves each month or week. Whatever feels right for each of us. Another great example of clearing through prevention is stronger management of our email inbox as well as what we subscribe to via snail mail, like catalogs and print magazines. Removing ourselves from physical mailing lists is easy. Email subscriptions can be a bit more difficult as removal requests are often not honored. But utilizing an email management system, like one I used to use, the free Unroll Me app, can help us by doing a lot of the work for us. Unroll Me, for instance, helps in several ways. It assists with the unsubscribe process. 
and allows us to keep an email or add it to a compilation email that arrives once a day with a whole collection of messages we might want to have access to every once in a while, but not every single day, like ads from a favorite store. I'm currently searching for a new email management system that has more privacy options than Unroll Me, and I'm considering Gmail Unsubscribe, Clean Fox, or the current frontrunner, Clean Email. Clean Email is apparently a lot like Unroll Me, with a ton of user-friendly email sorting tools. It's advertised as a way to go from thousands of messages to inbox zero quickly by sorting messages into categories like social network notifications, which can then have one action applied to all messages in that category. The only part I don't like and why I haven't signed up yet is that there's an annual fee of $29. But you know what? That might just be worth a perpetually clean email box. On to another strategy. If we struggle with getting rid of things due to sentimental reasons, experts recommend starting in the kitchen, which is for most of us the room that contains the least amount of sentimental items that we might struggle to let go of. For any item that we know we don't need, but we experience a strong sentimental tether, experts suggest we take a picture of it. Sometimes that simple step alone can help us lessen our desire to keep a physical item we know we don't need any longer. Sometimes it's helpful to remind ourselves of this powerful phrase, love people, use things. When we focus on things as tools for us, it helps us to keep that emotional attachment to things in check. In a similar way, most of us have way too many t-shirts that we keep because of the memories they invoke. Taking pictures, making a collage, or even making a blanket out of them. There's no shortage of ideas on the interwebs. Sometimes we need to incentivize ourselves with rewards. There's no shame in that, especially to get our momentum going. Plan to reward yourself with a fun outing or activity with a friend or family member, or reward yourself with some self-care, like a manicure or haircut. Before purchasing something new, we can start a new habit of clearing space for it in advance. Lots of people use the one-in-one-out method, which can help maintain the amount of what we have over time. We can also use the power of music to make clearing more fun. Create a playlist of your favorite songs or ask Google or YouTube to create a list for you. You can search for best songs for spring cleaning or greatest housework song. We can involve family members or a friend and make it a contest. Pick a reward for the winner. Clearing doesn't have to be such a chore. Infuse things you love into the process to make it more enjoyable. Some folks find making a vision board of what they want their finished space to look like a helpful motivator. We can visualize our goal, and when we do, it's easier to identify the steps we need to take to get there. Finding images of spaces that inspire us and make us feel a sense of calm can guide us as we clear. Sometimes watching an intense episode of Hoarders, Clean Sweep, or even What Not to Wear can help us reflect on our own need to clear. It's also a real-world exemplar of just how bad things could get if we don't prioritize clearing. We can set a goal of progress rather than perfection, 
When we accept a goal will be incremental rather than immediate, we acknowledge our personal pace needs. Sure, it may take us a few months or even years, but if it helps us to focus on the fact we're making progress, however slow, that can be quite motivating. Some folks prefer to start with the most annoying space they have, the one that causes the most angst or overwhelm. It might be a desk or a kitchen counter, any frequently used space that currently increases our stress or anxiety. By clearing a high-impact space first, we experience the benefits of our efforts right away, and frequently, since it's a high-use area. This, in turn, inspires us to clear the space that's next in line of annoyance. If our closet is disorganized and it's hard to tell what we have, a method I used last year was to take everything, yes, every single item, out of my closet. Bonus, it was a great way to really deeply clean my closet and let it air out a bit. Then I organized everything into stacks on my bed and floor with like items. At that point, it was glaringly obvious that I really didn't need that many pairs of black pants, and sorting through like items in batches was a powerful way to help me pick what to keep. The added bonus of this method is that by doing all of the sorting outside of my closet, I could easily visualize the best way to utilize my future closet configuration given the various organizing spaces I had and the volume of each item I needed space for. Lastly, sometimes it helps to make clearing a major short-term priority rather than dragging it out over a longer period of time. Choose a day, a week, or a month to focus on this task, and be sure to remove some responsibilities from our usual to-dos temporarily to allow for adequate time. Maybe have someone else do the shopping or use Instacart or another delivery service, or we can hire someone to help us clean or do other responsibilities we usually have. In fact, this last strategy is one of my personal favorites, and starting last year, I started my first annual February clear. To buy myself extra time this year to focus on my clear, I used some creative time buyback strategies. I got both of my book clubs to read the same book this month, and it's a short one I had already started. I also planned ahead by asking my dear friend James to take over some of the virtual support group meeting spaces we offer, since I knew I'd be busy this year with the True Medicine Pilot, Misunderstood, and with my February Clear. I'm even intentionally keeping this episode short so I can utilize some of my usual Misunderstood podcast dedicated time on clearing. So, what is my February Clear? Well, first some background information for context. When I moved three years ago, I got rid of a lot, but I was still holding on to a number of things that represented my life before MS. For instance, when I was a working professional, I often wore suits. I also typically wore high heel shoes or wedges every day. Neither of these are things I'm wearing anymore, and likely never will, or if so, certainly not with any sort of regularity. And yet, saying goodbye to them had been hard. Starting last year, I decided to do something about it with my first annual February clear out. I did the clearing with my friend Ellen, who also has a robust wardrobe and other categories of items in need of a good clear, 
which made it even more fun. Since we don't live near each other, we texted each other pictures throughout the process, which helped both of us remain focused and accountable. I'll share a bit more about our experience in a minute, but the basic process of a month-long clear is simple. One way to do it is as follows. On February 1st, we clear a minimum of one item. On February 2nd, we clear a minimum of two items. When we complete this pattern until the last day of the month, that's a total of 406 items. Seems like a lot. It is a lot. And yet, like me, you'll be surprised how simple it can be and amazed just how much extraneous stuff most of us have. No wonder we feel overwhelmed. Of most importance, I want to share just how good it felt to let go of all those things I no longer needed. This year, Ellen and I are going to assign one point to every item we clear, regardless how big or small. This makes for friendly competition, and most of all, it will be fun to celebrate our combined clearing score. In addition, this year we are both giving ourselves permission to have one banker's box full of things we want to say no to, but are struggling with saying no for some reason. What we will do is put this box in the attic, or in her case, her storage unit, so it's completely out of sight. And then we'll reconsider everything in the box next February. I also added a few clearing goals for our yard to my list. Since I rely on the view as my means of daily mindfulness practice through meditation and connection with nature, I needed to do some clearing of our neighbor's bushes that are currently encroaching on our property and starting to obscure the view. So you see, clearing is a strategy that can be used in a variety of ways and be used with anything that is preventing us from experiencing serenity. I am also intentionally saying not yet to clearing Ivy's things. It has been six months since she passed, and I thought I would be ready to include a lot of her things in this year's clear. But honestly, when I searched within for an authentic answer, I was feeling a lot of resistance. I'm just not there yet. And I feel okay, and frankly, quite substantial relief for putting that off to another time when I can give it the attention and emotional capacity that that specific clear will require. As mentioned, my wardrobe is still in dire need of a good pruning, even after last year's clear. This has been a lifelong challenge, but post-MS diagnosis, it got much worse. First, it became an issue because I could no longer comfortably wear much of my clothing. My beloved Victoria's Secret bras, and anything form-fitting, really, started to feel like the dreaded MS hug. When MS impacted my hands, I couldn't do buttons or zippers. My sensitive skin could, and still can, only handle certain fabrics. And I had developed a pretty extreme sensitivity to elastics. And so began the search for comfortable clothes to soothe my hurting body. What that also meant was I was adding to an already overflowing wardrobe. As I'm doing my second annual clearing this year, this month, I'm asking myself different questions as I determine what to keep. I'm holding the reins tightly on my yes and practicing saying no. By changing my mindset to focus on what I really want to keep rather than what I want to get rid of, 
and using the rules, guidelines, and strategies previously mentioned, I have more clarity and determination than ever. The remaining suits I have after last year's clear, the high heels and wedges, the uncomfortable bras, anything in a fabric that's uncomfortable, it's all being cleared. Because the truth is, these items no longer serve me. They no longer are meant to be kept by me. And frankly, who am I to continue to prevent them from living their life as intended? Shoes, for example, are meant to bring joy, express ourselves, and take us places. And they don't get to do any of that by being in a box in a closet. Changing my mindset about what I decide to keep and say yes to has made all the difference so far. I'm not rejecting an item by saying no. I'm just acknowledging that it no longer warrants a yes from me. I'm making room for other yeses and passing along my nose to someone else who is waiting and will be delighted to say yes. We all have things in our life earmarked for clearing, and hopefully this episode has helped to illuminate those needs and provide some strategies and inspiration for doing so. As we work through the process, it's important we remember, it doesn't matter how everything got here. We're not concerned with the past. We're just focusing on creating a better future. It also doesn't matter how much we have. What matters is how much we're able to clear, to make space for what really matters to us. It also doesn't matter how much something costs. It's already paid for. And when we allow the cost to barricade and prevent our clear, it often causes us even more emotional and even physical distress. It doesn't matter who gave it to us. Holding on to possessions just because they came from someone we care about does not mean we have to keep them forever. This goes, too, for things we've inherited. We are not eternally responsible for these items until the day we die. While selling, donating, and recycling are often better options, we are not required to reduce, reuse, recycle, rehome, every time, especially when it's causing us more harm than healing. We don't have to use up items we don't like, even half-filled bottles of shampoo, lotion, or perfume. Likewise, we don't have to feel guilty for getting rid of things that are useful or still have life left in them, or for the excess items we have stockpiled. Let it go. We have enough challenges in our lives. Learning to let things go that no longer serve us helps us to feel better and simplifies our lives so that we can prioritize our time and energy on what matters most. All we have to worry about is doing just a little more clearing each time we can. Over time, before we know it, we'll be feeling much better with a decluttered home and a decluttered mind. Clutter comes with emotional baggage, While removing the clutter often removes the baggage, sometimes we have to get our head in the right place first. And if we find we're still struggling to let something go, it can help if we feel like we're truly helping someone else in addition to ourselves through clearing. So, when we begin clearing, it's helpful to have at least some ideas in mind of where everything will go that can help us to sort and to act as additional motivation if we need it. 
Most of us are familiar with many places that take donations, like Goodwill, Salvation Army, the Ecumenical Hunger Program, the American Red Cross, but there are a few others you might not know of, like freecycle.org, the Buy Nothing local groups on Facebook, Nextdoor, or the Offer Up app. There's also places to sell new or gently used items like eBay, Craigslist, Poshmark, Facebook Marketplace. Or of course, we can host garage or yard sales, or take items to consignment or vintage clothing stores, or books to used bookstores, etc. I mentioned earlier in this episode shipping off boxes of donations through Amazon's givebackbox.com Amazon program. And while we're on the topic, I'd like to briefly highlight a few newer ones for me that might not be on your radar that are really helping me to say no to more items in my wardrobe this year and help others. Free the Girls. This organization accepts new and gently used bras. By donating bras to Free the Girls, we help bring economic opportunity to survivors of sex trafficking in places like Uganda, El Salvador, and Mozambique. Free the Girls gives all donated bras to women who have escaped human trafficking. The women then have the opportunity to sell the bras in secondhand markets in their communities and earn an income that can help support themselves and their families. There's a donation form on the Free the Girls website, and then you drop off items at a nearby drop-off location. You can only donate up to five bras at a time, but if you have more or you can't find any locations near you, you can ship the bras directly to the organization in Indiana. Check their website for more information. The second organization I want to highlight here is called Dress for Success. If your closet contains professional clothing, Dress for Success is a nonprofit that empowers low-income women by providing them with work-appropriate attire as they seek and maintain employment. It was founded in 1997, and since then, the organization has expanded to nearly 150 cities in 25 countries and has helped more than 1.2 million women secure jobs and develop their careers. They accept nearly new, ready-to-wear women's clothing that is work-appropriate and business casual. You can find detailed donation guides on their website. Another donation site I'm planning to use this year is called One Warm Coat. This nonprofit provides free coats to people in need. Working towards its mission of raising awareness of the vital need for warm coats across the country, the organization has hosted more than 38,000 coat drives and has provided 6.6 million free coats since they began in 1992. They accept new and gently worn coats for adults and children. Find out more on their website. Yet another organization is called Planet Aid. While most charities only accept clothing in wearable condition, Planet Aid is on a mission to recycle all unwanted clothing to be sold and reused in developing countries. All proceeds go toward development projects to fight poverty around the globe. Check their website for more information. They have over 19,000 drop-off bins located across the country. 
Yet another site I'm planning to use is called Souls for Souls. That's S-O-L-E-S, the number four, S-O-U-L-S. And they focus on turning shoes and clothing into opportunity. They collect unwanted footwear and clothing to distribute to people in need across the country and the world. We can also ship our donations for free with Zappos for Good, which provides a prepaid shipping label and a donor form to place in the donations box when we mail the package through UPS. And lastly, Vietnam Veterans of America. They are dedicated to serving the needs of Vietnam War veterans through legislative initiatives, education, and outreach programs. The nonprofit collects donations of clothing and household items, which they either give directly to homeless and low-income veterans or resell in their stores to generate funds for their various programs and initiatives. They accept clothing of all types and sizes, including accessories and shoes. They also accept furniture, appliances, and other household items. Bonus, they also run a program called Pick Up Please, which will pick up your donations within as little as 24 hours. You can schedule a pickup through Pick Up Please on their website. I'll also mention here that I'm not pressuring myself to finalize where all of my donations are going this month as I clear. I'm just focused on boxing them up, labeling them, and placing them in the garage for now if I have specific places to send them. And that is just fine. I'll plan to send them off in March when I have fewer priorities. That's just another way I will reduce my priorities this month and my overwhelm as I clear and create even more space for what I really want to say yes to. My hope is that after listening to this episode, we all, one, understand that time is finite and our most precious resource. So utilizing the foundational skill of reducing overwhelm, which is the power of saying no, and learning to save our sacred yes for the things, people, and ideas that matter most to us is the most effective way to reduce our feelings of overwhelm. Two, that we understand the underlying factors of why we experience overwhelm and that we accept that overwhelm is normal to experience and that we have the power to take better control of our mindset and environment to reduce our feelings of overwhelm. Three, that we each take some time in the coming days to look around us and within us to further reflect upon our own opportunities to clear. And four, that we leave this episode well-equipped with a variety of helpful and fun strategies to help us clear and worthy places to clear too, which can help us to say no during the clearing process. Before we sign off for this episode, I want to remind everyone about the opportunity mentioned in episode 25 regarding the Center for Mind-Body Medicine upcoming virtual course with Lacey in mid-March. The group is forming now. There are a few spots left. This course can help with anything we want to change or are stuck with in our lives. A mindset, a physical or emotional pain, a bad habit or addiction, really anything. I hope you'll consider joining us. If you're interested, all you need to do at this point is reach out to Lacey, 
L-D-A-B-E-L-O-W at gmail.com to express your interest. Be sure to tell her you want to join the MS group. Flock members, I look forward to seeing you this Saturday, the first Saturday of the month, February 6th, where we will discuss this episode as well as just connect for MS support in any way we each need. If you're not yet a flock member but would like to be, join us. We meet via Zoom the first Saturday of each month and when a special guest is able to meet with us. You can learn more and join by visiting www.patreon.com msflock. As always, I encourage all listeners to reach out with questions, comments, future podcast topics, or guest ideas via email to mymsflock at gmail.com. And lastly, remember, as we travel through life with MS, we're certain to hit some turbulence. We'll get through it, especially if we're flying together, supporting one another. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being on this journey with me. Until next time, be well.